While Disney is known for creating magical experiences, even the happiest place on earth can sometimes be touched by tragedy. In this episode, we'll explore a few of the deaths that have occurred on Disney properties. Hi, I'm Melissa with Mix In Some Magic. I'm a Disney planning expert and I'm here to mix a little magic into your day. Each week I share Disney vacation planning tips, park strategies, and a little bit of Disney history sprinkled in. Of course, I like to include lots of Disney magic. Join me, let's mix in some magic. Welcome! I am so happy that you're here. Let's jump right in with some Disneyland news. Halloween over at the Disneyland Resort is wrapping up and little pieces of the holidays are slowly being added to Disneyland. There's snow and icicles on the castle now and Christmas lights are being added to the trees. Christmas is going to be here before we know it. The holidays officially begin November 10th and last until January 7th. So ready or not, it is coming. Paradise Pier Hotel has been in the process of being rethemed to Pixar Place for the last year or so. And we just got word that it will officially be done and changed over to Pixar Place on January 30th of 2024. Now the hotel has been open during its renovation, but it's still exciting to see these changes happening. The last thing I want to mention is the huge Disneyland Kids ticket sale that began on October 24th. Kids tickets are $50 a day. This can save you up to $220 per kids ticket, which is huge. You must travel between January 8th and March 10th. This is a really great deal. I have no memory of a Disneyland ticket sale that was this good. So hopefully you'll be able to take advantage of this great sale. You can find a link to the discounted Disney tickets in my show notes, or you can call my travel partners at Getaway Today. Their number is 855-GETAWAY. Just make sure you tell them that Mix and Some Magic sent you for the best deals. Now this week's episode is different than anything I've ever done. Today we're going to be talking about some deaths that have occurred on Disney properties. While I won't be sharing any graphic details of deaths or accidents, listener discretion is advised. Let's take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Mix and Some Magic. If you're heading to the Disney parks, scoring those tough-to-get dining reservations might be stressing you out. That's where mouse dining comes in. I've been using them for years, and they've helped me score some amazing dining reservations. You tell them where you want to eat and when, and then they'll send you a notification when that dining reservation becomes available. It's a great system. I'll put a link in the show notes so you can check them out. Disney parks are an incredibly popular place. 
Each year, Disneyland welcomes an estimated 17 million guests, and Disney World welcomes an estimated 20 million guests. That's a lot of visitors. In this episode, we're going to be talking about deaths that have occurred on Disney properties. I do want to note how rare deaths at Disney actually are. Disney parks are an incredibly safe place. Disney parks are known for their commitment to safety, and there are several reasons why they are considered some of the safest places for family entertainment. They have rigorous training for cast members. Disney employees, known as cast members, undergo extensive training in safety procedures and protocols. They are well prepared to handle various situations and ensure the safety of guests. Disney parks are also constantly monitored. Disney parks are equipped with an extensive network of surveillance cameras and security personnel who monitor the parks at all times, allowing them to respond quickly to any potential issues. Attractions have regular maintenance, which is important. I know people get frustrated when attractions are closed down, but it's required for them to be operating safely. Disney places a significant emphasis on ride maintenance and inspections. All rides and attractions are thoroughly checked and maintained to ensure they operate safely. Disney adheres to strict safety standards both in terms of attraction, design, and operation. The company collaborates with relevant government agencies to ensure compliance with safety regulations. Disney has clear safety procedures. and. Disney provides these clear and visible safety guidelines for guests, such as height requirements, warnings, and instructions for attractions. These guidelines help guests make informed decisions about their participation in various experiences. Disney parks also have comprehensive emergency plans and regularly conduct drills to prepare employees for a variety of situations, from medical emergencies to natural disasters. Part of the Disney magic is ensuring that guests feel safe and comfortable, and this approach includes maintaining a well-kept park, friendly staff, and a positive atmosphere that contributes to a sense of security. Disney strives to educate guests about safety, both through written material and verbal instructions from cast members. Disney is continuously reviewing and improving safety measures based on ongoing research, guest feedback, and technological advancements. Disney also collaborates closely with local authorities and emergency services, ensuring a coordinated response in the event of any emergency. Overall, Disney's commitment to safety is deeply ingrained in its culture and operations. The company invests significant resources in maintaining a secure environment to provide a magical and memorable experience for visitors of all ages. So please, even though we're talking about some terribly tragic accidents that have occurred at Disney parks, I want you to know that you are safe there when you visit, especially if you're following safety guidelines. Let's start with Walt Disney World. The first story I want to talk about is the monorail tragedy, also known as the 2009 Walt Disney World monorail accident. It was a tragic incident that occurred at Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando, Florida on July 5th, 2009. It involved a collision between two monorail trains resulting in the death of a Disney monorail pilot. Here are the key details of the accident. Two monorail trains, the pink and purple lines, collided on the Epcot line of the Walt Disney World monorail system. This accident occurred early in the morning around 2 a.m. 
The collision occurred at the monorail switch station located near the Ticket and Transportation Center. The pink line monorail was parked on a spur track while the purple line monorail was moving in reverse. Due to miscommunication and a misunderstanding between the two monorail operators and the monorail central command, the pink monorail was mistakenly directed onto the same track as the reversing purple monorail. As a result, the pink monorail crashed into the rear of the purple monorail, resulting in a tragic accident. Sadly, a 21-year-old monorail pilot who was operating the purple monorail lost his life in the collision. The incident was investigated by Disney and government authorities, including the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. As a result of the investigation, safety protocols and procedures on the monorail system were reviewed and updated. The monorail tragedy led to changes in operational procedures and increased awareness of monorail safety in the Disney parks. On November 5th in the year 2000, a 37-year-old man was killed on Splash Mountain. He was fatally injured while trying to exit the ride vehicle while it was moving. He told fellow passengers that he felt sick and he attempted to reach one of the attraction's emergency exits. He then fell out of the vehicle and was struck by another ride vehicle and died. On August 22, 1980, at Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort, an 11-year-old boy died after swimming in the River Country Water Park. The cause of death was amoebic meningoencephalitis, a rare disease caused by a single-celled amoeba, traces of which were found in the water. It entered through his nose and made its way to his brain. There was no lawsuit in this case because this bacteria can live in any warm water, which is absolutely terrifying, and there was nothing Disney could have done to prevent it. On August 11, 1977, a 4-year-old boy drowned in the moat surrounding Cinderella Castle. The family sued Disney for $4 million and won. However, the jury found the parents 50% liable because they allowed the boy to climb over the fence, and so they reduced the settlement amount to $2 million. The next story is absolutely horrific, and you probably remember it. The incident took place on June 14, 2016 on a beach area of the Grand Floridian Resort and Spa, one of Disney's upscale resorts near the Magic Kingdom. A family from Nebraska on vacation at the resort, including two parents and their two-year-old son, were enjoying an evening by the Seven Seas Lagoon, which is situated adjacent to the resort. Tragically, during the evening, a young alligator emerged from the lagoon and snatched the little boy while he was wading in the shallow water. The parents immediately attempted to rescue their son, but were unsuccessful in their efforts to free him from the alligator's grip. Regrettably, the boy lost his life in the alligator attack. His body was found the following day by rescue teams in the lagoon. This incident prompted a swift response from Disney and law enforcement. The resort closed its beaches immediately and began reviewing safety measures. Disney also expressed its condolences to the family and made a substantial donation to a charity in the boy's memory. Local authorities conducted an investigation into the incident, ultimately determining it to be a tragic accident. Following the incident, Disney made changes to its signage and safety protocols around bodies of water, emphasizing the importance of staying away from wildlife and keeping a safe distance from water areas. 
The alligator attack at Disney's Grand Floridian Resort was a heartbreaking event and it served as a reminder of the potential dangers associated with natural wildlife in the Florida area. Disney took steps to enhance safety measures and guest awareness to help prevent similar incidents in the future. Let's jump over to Disneyland. Quite a few accidents have happened at the Matterhorn, so let's talk about a couple of them. In May of 1964, a 15-year-old boy was injured after he stood up in the Matterhorn bobsleds and fell out. It was reported that his restraint was undone by his friend. He died three days later as a result of his injuries. This was Disneyland's first fatal incident. On January 3, 1984, a 48-year-old woman was decapitated when she was thrown from a Matterhorn bobsled car and then struck by the next oncoming bobsled. An investigation found that her seatbelt was not buckled. It is unclear whether the victim deliberately unfastened her seatbelt or if the seatbelt had malfunctioned. Another tragedy known as the Matterhorn Climber accident happened at Disneyland on June 25, 1974. On that evening, a 31-year-old employee of Disneyland was performing a routine stunt as a Matterhorn climber. These climbers were part of the attraction's entertainment, scaling the mountain's exterior while interacting with park visitors. Tragically, during his performance, he fell to his death from a height of approximately 20 feet. He was not wearing a safety harness at the time of the fall. The incident occurred when he was climbing on the outside of the Matterhorn attraction. He lost his grip and fell, landing on the track of the Matterhorn bobsled's ride. He sustained fatal injuries in the fall, and despite immediate medical attention, he could not be saved. Following the incident, an investigation was conducted, and it was revealed that this cast member had not been wearing a safety harness or any protective equipment at the time of the accident. This lapse in safety procedures was identified as a major contributing factor to the tragic accident. As a result of this incident, Disneyland implemented significant changes to improve safety for employees and park visitors. Safety measures for employees performing such stunts were significantly upgraded with a focus on using safety harnesses and other protective gear. On July 8, 1974, a tragic accident occurred during the operation of the America Sings attraction at Disneyland Park in Anaheim, California. The incident resulted in the death of a Disneyland employee. The America Sings attraction was a rotating theater that featured a cast of animatronic animals performing American folk songs. The theater rotated to present different scenes to the audience. During the attraction's operation, a 19-year-old Disneyland employee was working as a hostess and guide. Tragically, she was positioned between two separate walls of the rotating theater. As the theater rotated to present the next scene, she was caught and crushed between the walls, leading to severe injuries. She was transported to a local hospital after the incident, but sadly, she did not survive her injuries and she was pronounced dead. Following the accident, a thorough investigation took place to determine the cause of the incident. It was revealed that there was a gap between the walls that posed a significant safety hazard to employees in that area. This gap allowed for an unsafe zone where employees could become caught as the theater rotated. 
As a result of the investigation and the tragic death of this cast member, Disneyland made several safety improvements to prevent similar incidents. These included changes in the attraction's design, additional safety measures for employees, and a review of operating procedures to enhance employee safety. On October 22, 2000, a four-year-old boy fell out of the ride vehicle on Roger Rabbit's cartoon, Spin. He was dragged underneath the car, causing serious internal injuries, cardiac arrest, and brain damage. The victim never fully recovered from his injuries and died on January 6, 2009, when he was 13 years old at the Children's Hospital of Orange County. An investigation concluded that a lap bar had malfunctioned and that the victim was placed in the wrong seat in the vehicle, too close to the opening. Three months after the incident, the Permanent Ride Amusement Branch of California instructed Disney to install additional safety features on the ride. On December 24, 1998, there was an accident on sailing ship Columbia. A 33-year-old man was struck by a heavy metal cleat fastened to the hull of the sailing ship Columbia. It tore loose, striking one cast member and two-part guests. The victim died of a head injury at UCI Medical Center two days later. The normal tie line, a hemp rope designed to break easily, was improperly replaced by a cheaper plastic nylon rope that stretched and tore the cleat from the ship's wooden hull. Disney admitted fault and settled for an undisclosed amount, estimated at $25 million. Disney was also fined by OSHA $12,500 for improperly training the employees. Disney received much criticism for its alleged policy of restricting outside medical personnel in the park to avoid frightening visitors, as well as for the fact that the employee in charge of the ship at the time had not been trained in its operation. After this incident, Disney reinstated a lead foreman on most rides, and the Anaheim Police Department placed officers in the park to speed up response time in the event of an accident. This was the first guest death on a Disney attraction that was not attributed to any negligence on the part of the guest. There have actually been two drowning deaths on the rivers of America. The first was on June 20th in 1973. An 18-year-old man and his 10-year-old brother stayed on Tom Sawyer Island past closing time by hiding in an area that is off-limits to guests. They later left the island and tried to swim across the river, but the younger boy didn't know how to swim. The older brother attempted to carry his brother on his back and drowned halfway across the river. His body was found the next morning. The younger brother was able to stay afloat by dog paddling until a ride operator rescued him. The second drowning that occurred was on June 4, 1983. An 18-year-old man drowned in the rivers of America while trying to pilot a rubber emergency boat from Tom Sawyer's Island. He and a friend had stolen the boat from a restricted area of the island during Disneyland's annual grad night. Both individuals were intoxicated at the time of the incident. On September 5, 2003, a significant accident occurred on the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad attraction at Disneyland Park. This incident resulted in injuries to several visitors and was a significant event in the history of Disney theme parks. The accident on Big Thunder Mountain Railroad happened during the normal operation of the roller coaster ride. The ride simulates a runaway mine train, and during this particular ride, a wheel assembly of one of the passenger cars separated and caused the car to derail. This derailment resulted in the car striking the car behind it, leading to injuries among the passengers. 
Two passengers lost their lives in this incident and numerous others sustained injuries. Injuries ranged from minor to more severe. Following the accident, Disneyland conducted a thorough investigation into the causes. The primary contributing factor was determined to be poor maintenance and a lack of adequate inspection protocols. The wheel assembly that failed had not been properly maintained, leading to the catastrophic failure. As a result of the incident, Disneyland made several significant changes to improve safety. Big Thunder Mountain Railroad was closed for an extended period for refurbishment and safety upgrades. Disneyland also implemented more stringent inspection and maintenance procedures for all its attractions to prevent similar incidents. This accident on Big Thunder Mountain Railroad was a tragic event and it led to renewed focus on safety in theme park operations. It serves as a reminder of the paramount importance of maintenance and safety inspections in ensuring the safety of theme park visitors. In August of 1976, there was a death on the People Mover at Disneyland. A 16-year-old boy was killed while jumping between two moving People Mover cars as the ride passed through a tunnel. He stumbled and fell onto the track where an oncoming train of cars crushed him beneath its wheels and dragged his body a few hundred feet before it was stopped by a ride operator. The attraction had only been open for one month at the time. There was another death on the People Mover at Disneyland in June of 1980. An 18-year-old man was crushed and killed by the People Mover while trying to jump between moving cars. The accident occurred as the ride entered the Super Speed Tunnel and was very similar to the accident in 1967. The People Mover shut down for good on August 21st, 1995. While these stories are all tragic, and many of them sadly could have been prevented, I just wanted to reiterate how rare deaths at Disney parks actually are. Since Walt Disney World opened, 64 people have died inside Disney World Park. As for Disneyland, since it opened back in 1955, 27 people have died. I looked through every report of deaths at Disney parks in the US, and the majority of the deaths came from natural causes. Someone had some sort of heart attack, stroke, or some type of pre-existing condition that caused their death while they were visiting a Disney park. Accidents while actually on attractions are tragic, but they are also extremely, extremely rare, especially if guests are following the rules. As we conclude our look at these unfortunate incidents on Disney property, it's essential to remember that the vast majority of visitors to Disney parks have positive, memorable experiences. And I'm sure that will be the case for you on your next visit. Before we go, I just want to remind you that I have a ton of Disney planning information on my website mixinsomemagic.com. You can check there or on my Instagram for all your Disney vacation planning needs. There's a link to both in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. Your support is very appreciated. That's all the time I have for today. I hope you have a wonderful week and a happy Halloween. Stay safe, everyone. I'll be back next week with something new. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk soon.